Hey yo, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm joined by Jonathan. Hey, hey yo. Jonathan, what have you been playing? What have you been watching? Uh, so still playing Assassin's Creed Origins. I'm I gotta be at least halfway through. I I see in the map that uh, level you can get up to like level forty, I think, uh, mm-hmm. based on what areas you can unlock. And I'm thirty one now, so I'm getting there. It's a uh, it's a big game, which I love. It's pretty open world. I'm actually. Uh, once you get to certain points, it's kind of hard to fight guys at your level in the next quest if you try to rush through the game. So I'm going back and, and you know, finishing smaller quests, side quests and stuff like that from lower levels just because it's easy and you feel like a god with all your new power and stuff. Uh, so yeah, still loving Assassin's Creed Origin. And I uh, just got done watching Queen's Gambit a couple days ago. Uh, that was my, <laughs> after you mentioned it, that was my like new addiction and uh, binge that. Um, but other than that, uh, I don't think I've been watching any other new shows, just, you know, more Star Trek as usual. How about you? Uh, yeah. So Queen's Gambit, I'm on episode four of that. I'm trying to like really <sighs> pace. Myself. So I basically watch half an episode at a time, just kind of like trying to stretch it out. And, yeah. oh man, the end of episode four was so heartbreaking. That's the Mexico trip, you know? Yeah. So I don't uh, want to say much more than that in case people need to watch it, but you really should watch it. <sighs> Gives me the itch to play chess. Remember how much we used to play chess as kids and stuff like I, that. That's what I was gonna say. We got to get a good game going once you know once there's less COVID issues and stuff. Yeah, man. And to think about how bad we must be because I mean, amongst mm-hmm. our home growing up, we'd all kind of get into like a chess fever. We'd be playing chess throughout the day, and uh, of course, especially you know, our dad is is crazy about it. But we don't know names. We don't know like the names yeah. of abilities. It's not like, yeah. oh, that's what's the an opening? Game. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There's a mid game and a close. What? I don't know. <laughs> that little clock. <laughs> just... Are you serious? We could really use that clock actually to kind of speed things up right. a little bit. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, what a great show. Really well done. What are your thoughts on the actress in, in, in the lead actress? She did phenomenal. That yeah. was, I mean, I, so I, uh, I liked her in the other movie. She New was Mutants. just in not that long ago. New Mutants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know she's been in a few other things, but just her, her acting in this was so good. Her range, her range of emotion when her character needed to show emotion. She was so good at just being a blank expression, majority, very serious and just kind of lost in her own mind. And then, you know, when there's times where you can see she's starting to break, that's where, ah, you still haven't seen it yet. But once you get towards the end, she starts to get a little more emotional and start, you know, she matures and becomes, you know, a young adult and going out having fun and stuff. But then you start to see her slip a little bit and you see emotions on her face that she saw and everybody else she was playing and they start to stress and kind of get nervous and stuff like that. So I was like, man, that acting, I didn't notice how good it was uh, until a couple scenes uh, in the last episode, I think, or last couple episodes. Uh, But yeah, really, really good acting. I liked it. So I need to read this book because I know it's based off of a book, but um, I, it's fascinating to me, like the idea of adding this, like you have this one story that's a genius child, uh, you know, prodigy and then you have the other one a story of addiction and you see Mm -hmm. it right away from when she's like 11 her problems with addiction and that's escalating and stuff like that and how well her relationship works with her mom who Mm -hmm. um also struggles with that but that's how they get like that's how they became friends you know and man what the the writing and the directing yeah Yeah. it's just done really really well and for a lot of people listening this show's been out for like a month and a half so i'm sure they might have already watched (laughs) it we're just now finding it, and we're super excited. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you know, um, check out Queen's Gambit. That's what I've been watching too. Um, it's been really good. I kind of like it, a lot of sh- some shows. I'll put on. I'll like have them on the second monitor while I'm watching TV or playing games, or whatever. This is one of those shows where it's like 
stop what I'm doing. Make sure you got, you know, you got your dinner made and everything like that. Sit down, enjoy it. You know, half an hour of, of good stuff. Really good show. Uh, honestly, the last, at least of the last few years, I'd put it in my top five TV series, at, at least in the last two years. But, you know, possibly my, uh, probably top 10 series of all, really? I think so far. Like, I know that's, that's a big, aside from Star Trek, that's, that's a different world, but yeah, it's really impressive. It's a shame that it's a miniseries and that's it. There's no more season two or anything yeah. like that, you know, but um, definitely, I, w- I would definitely put it up there with the production quality. It's so well done. Yeah. So well done. Um, okay. Yeah. And then I've been, I've been playing uh, Shadowlands still uh, and then uh, reading some, uh, the first comic for Star Wars, The High Republic came out and it's just so cool to have a Star Wars universe with all these new characters, except for Yoda. Yoda's still there, but all these new characters and stuff like that's really cool. So you guys make sure you head to your local shop, add that to your pool list. That's one thing I never, so. I know this is like, I should lose my geek card for this. I never had a pull list before. I've got my first pull list and I'm so excited. I was adding things to it. Uh, I got Thor, uh, Thor, Donnie Cates. Cause I would just go in and like, you know, cause we put up what the new comic books are. So there's no reason for you to have a pull list because it's like, we're publishing what they are. Now I'm like, let me just get the pull list. So they set it aside for me. And that was a lot of fun to do. Kind of set up a, a, a play or a wish list or playlist or whatever. So um, I added both those to it. And um, it's just really good. And uh, make sure you guys head to your local shop and try out those pull lists. It's, it's a fun, fun way to do things, and it helps them out, too. This episode of Geek Freaks is brought to you by Green Man Gaming. Green Man Gaming is kicking off 2021 with a whole slew of new deals. Deadbolt is only $3.60. Risk of Rain, the original, is only $2.25. A killer deal. Uh, we have Honey Pops, only $2.20. And then we have something like Dead, Dead by Daylight, the bundle. Is six ninety nine. Uh, Payday two classic. It's the Legacy Collection. Uh, going down from seventy eight dollars down to just nineteen dollars. What's really cool is any PC game you guys can get twenty two percent extra off with using the code Prepare to Play. Part of their Prepare to Play twenty twenty one deal. So check out Green Man Gaming. Link in the description. All right, let's get into the news of the week. We have Avengers Campus. We have confirmation it will be opening up in twenty twenty one. It was first planned for July eighteenth, twenty twenty. But the project was delayed due to, of course, the ongoing pandemic. Currently, it's at a $700 million project. I can't believe how much they invested in this because it's taking over Bugs Land. And, and you're familiar, or Bugs Life. You know where Bugs Life is, right? In, it, uh, yeah. I think you go in, it's to the left in California Adventure. Yeah, like in the back left. It's right next to Guardians of the Galaxy. Makes sense, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I can't believe it cost $700 million to renovate that spot because it doesn't feel like it's that big of a spot. Well, I mean, it depends on what's going into it, right? If it's just going to be flat concrete, you know, a couple thousand bucks. If it's going to be some awesome new rides or, yeah. you know, a couple new buildings, it, you know, that'll add up fast. There might be like development time too, because the, one of the things is we're going to have this new Spider-Man ride that uses a lot of augmented reality, virtual reality. Um, they might be thinking development time into something like that too. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for this. And uh, it was released during a D23 fan club email. And then first reported by the uh, Orange County Register. By the way, guys, Orange County Register, it's a small newspaper, but they have a section on just theme parks. And you can sign up for their newsletter and they'll send you any news about Disneyland or any other th- Universal Studios or anything like that. So it's kind of a cool little thing. I know Squeaks needs to be signed up for that. He's a big fan. I'm so excited for this, John. Are, do you plan attending uh, Avengers Campus? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, once the pandemic's over, we, me and my wife are already planning to go this December, but you know, we didn't know it was going to happen with us, so we had to cancel. Um, but yeah, hopefully next year we're hoping to go like around winter time so we could see the Christmas decorations in Disneyland yes. and check out this new addition to California Adventures. 
I can't sing the praises of the Christmas decoration to Disneyland more than I right. already do. It's so beautiful. I mean, Isn't it's like last week of November, right after Thanksgiving, they start putting up the decorations, right? First week of November. It's before Thanksgiving. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. It goes from Halloween. The reason I know this is because we go at BlizzCon and it's always like right there. Um, what's cool is the very first thing they change over to Christmas is the Nightmare Before Christmas. And mm-hmm. the Haunted Mansion switches over to Nightmare Before Christmas. And it's just so cool to be there that week when they're doing that. And it's so cool. It's just like a signifier of the new, and then you get all the new merch out and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to be going hopefully that first week of November as well, depending on the BlizzCon schedule and stuff like that. Because we want to make sure to hit that as well. Um, but after 2020, we're doing it out, man. I'm going to make sure to go to <laughs> go to the mm-hmm. theme parks and the convention and enjoy myself as much as possible. Uh, yeah, so we know we have the Spider-Man ride. We know that there's going to be a um, attraction of some sorts of Doctor Strange showing him like do levitation and different magical stuff. Basically, the Imagineers are all working on that. And it's all replacing the Bugs Life area, and it's going to be right next to the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. I've never been on the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. I'm not a big fan of the big drops. Have you been on that one? Mm-hmm. No, I, when I was there last, it wasn't Guardians yet. It was uh, Tower of Tower Terror still. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm okay. I know <laughs> what it feels like. I'm good. I'll save my vomiting for other stuff. Yeah, I do like to go and watch the ride because what they do is they go to the very top and then they open the doors so that people could just see outside and then they drop them real fast. But I like to watch from the outside. You can see them open the doors and everybody just screams. And stuff. It's fun to watch and stuff. And of course, I get that whole Marvel gift shop on the bottom of it. Because um, Disney's smart. As soon as you leave a theme, uh, uh, one of the rides, most of the time you'll go through a gift shop to get out. That's gonna be really exciting. We're gonna make sure once we do go, we'll try to go as soon as we can, as soon as it's open, and we'll review it. I know Squeaks will probably be there day one. Uh, we'll get a review for it out there and stuff. I personally stuff to the Galaxy's Edge as well. Check out the new Star Wars area. Next, we have Michael Waldron. He got signed on to do Loki season two and Kevin Feige's Star Wars. I'm gonna break down both these things. First off. Confirmation that it's going to be a Loki season two. That's a good sign. Have you seen Loki season one yet? Has not that been out yet. No, yeah, oh, okay, it's not okay. even out yet, which is the good I'm, sign. I'm like, am I behind the time? What's going <laughs> on here? <laughs> yeah, right, that, that's awesome, that means though. Disney saw it and they're happy. That's always really a good sign when they do season two. I remember they did it with yeah. uh, Game of Thrones and everything like that. Um, it means that they, they have faith in the, in the guys. So um, he's currently writing. He's doing season one and he did the new Doctor Strange movie that's on the way, which again, good sign because. If you think Kevin, Kevin Feige, he's a kingmaker, right? The guy's nailing Marvel. He sees what you're doing with the new Doctor Strange movie. And he's like, I'm making a freaking Star Wars movie. Let me grab that guy. That's such a good sign for Doctor Strange. Yeah. Cannot wait for that. So um, we have Loki season two. This is a confirmation of that. And then we have, uh, we also have confirmation that uh, Feige's working on a Star Wars film. Because it was kind of always like, oh yeah, he is, he isn't. He is. It's just going to be further down. We have um, Taika Waititi's Star Wars film, and we also have Patty Jenkins' Star Wars film. That's, that's you know, everybody knows Taika Waititi's. Patty Jenkins is the one that, that took care of Wonder Woman. So, uh, what are your thoughts on them getting this Michael Walden? He seems like he's kind of a Waldron. He seems like he's kind of becoming this all star. What are your thoughts about him? Yeah, I mean, that's great. It, you reward success. So, if someone's doing good, you know, Disney has the money, dump money on people who have the talent and skill and put a team around him that will help support him. But uh, it's it's nice every once in a while to try out, you know, a new director and, and all new actors and stuff like that. But if you can build on success and just keep building on it, they're printing money over there with Marvel. So, yeah, I think they know what they're doing. That's kind of the vibe I got, too, is is they reminds me of James Gunn. You know, James Gunn was kind of this like relatively unknown guy. 
Then they give him this Guardians project. They like took a chance on him. And all of a sudden now he is printing money. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping that's what happens is Michael Waldron. We're as fans, we're the winners if he's successful. Mm-hmm. So just seeing how much trust they have on a guy that has unreleased projects, two unreleased projects, nothing that I could think of of use before that. So it has gives me a lot of faith in what we have to come. We're excited about it. Uh, what do you think about a Kevin Feige Star Wars? You think that's going to be good? I mean, Marvel's been fantastic but i don't know how well well i guess new star wars aligns very well because of disney uh very well with marvel but classic star wars and marvel have a very different feel very different vibes uh so i think that is just them kind of solidifying that transition into this next generation of star wars movies and and entertainment so i don't think it'll be bad i mean I, i i think they're realistically trying to steer more towards clone wars anyways and away from the older movies um so i don't know if it's even going to be animated or or live action um but yeah uh but i'm sure it'll be good disney hasn't hasn't let us down yet so yeah i think it'll be good yeah it's one of those things where um you know like jj abrams was like oh we're gonna go as much practical effects as possible and Mm. i can't imagine kevin feige thinking that way when you have yeah. Avengers fighting, you know, alien armies and stuff like that, they're all CGI. Yeah. Do you feel that there's a new appreciation for the prequels lately? Kind of getting that vibe. Uh, I don't know. I haven't really, I haven't really felt anything like that. I mean, the, the, yeah, I know a lot of people don't care for the prequels just because the story and everything, it just seemed kind of shoehorned in, I think, but. Um, I, I know growing up, I liked them because they were the new movies that I had seen. And I saw those before I saw the original three. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's just kind of that's the past and everyone's more excited about what's being made now with, you know, Disney having pretty much unlimited funding and plenty of creativity to keep writing new stuff. So, um, yeah, maybe, though, I, have, I haven't heard anything from anybody about that, though. Yeah, I'm just kind of, I feel like I'm getting that vibe from like the Reddit universe and Twitterverse and stuff like that, is that there might be something out there where people are starting to like realize, like Phantom Menace for especially, I think is starting to get some love. And I'm really happy about that because growing up, that was our Star Wars, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and then I went back and watched the old ones, but yeah, like you, you know, and I liked Phantom Menace a lot. The pod racing was really cool. Was it necessary? No, it was just neat, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so that's, that's true. I think maybe maybe they're trying to pull some of those characters that we relate to from you know our generation and bring them into the newer stuff because there was a lot of references to that to those earlier movies in Clone Wars, right? I know. I mean, Darth Maul obviously was a big part. Well, of yeah. Clone I mean, it, it was it was it took place between Episode Two and Three, so mm-hmm. it was right there in in the middle of it all. Um, and you had you know Anakin and stuff like you had the entire cast there. So, and Clone Wars was so big. Dave Filoni really showed how much you can do with Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. I think they should give Dave Filoni the entire franchise, of course. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because Mandalorian is just killing it. I, I can't say how good Mandalorian is <laughs> enough, you know. You made it show of the year, which I think was a really good choice on your end. Um, yeah. <laughs> which, by the way, Queen's Gambit came out last year. We could have watched it and probably would have been a contender. <laughs> now that yeah, I'm he's been it. on the list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's such a good time to be a Star Wars fan, man. It's just such a good time. It's so many options and... I love when a, a, a franchise like Marvel does that too. You know, everybody, everybody kind of 
you know, oh, Marvel, they're just printing up movies and stuff like that at this point. But the fact that you can sit here and just, like, imagine what the future is like and stuff like that, that part is fun. And yeah. I think that we're getting that with Star Wars now, and it's just, it's so neat. I love that. And we should recognize and appreciate that, that Disney has tons of money. They have a lot of skilled people. They could just blindly say, hey, you make a project, you make a project, let's see what this comes out. And they could be just shoveling out just garbage, and yeah. we would be kind of forced to watch it because it's what's on TV. But they're putting a lot of effort and dedication and quality and everything. You know, we love Mandalorian because it's just so beautiful, so well yeah. done and well directed and, you know, great acting and everything. They didn't have to put that much effort into it. They could have been lazy and probably still made 80% of that, that profit and still people would have eaten it up. People still would have bought Baby Yoda's, whether it was a really good show or just an okay show. But, you know, we always are ready to dog on somebody when they do a really bad movie or a TV show. But here, like, you know, Disney, they're huge, they're rich and going to keep getting rich but they're doing a really good job and as the fans like you said before we're the ones that are benefiting from it so yeah it's pretty awesome we're we're living in we're living in a good time for sci-fi yeah I you think. said that a couple weeks ago and somebody else said that i think it was book of lies they're they were agreeing with you and and it is and i think it's important too guys they're all social media they see what you guys think if you like a show give it praise it's good to celebrate praise and 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 to celebrate the good stuff that we have you know and Disney needs to hear that. They need to hear hear the good side of shows like Mandalorian that uses physical effects or or just a really good storytelling, stuff like that. Because it's easy as social media just to harp on things and stuff like that. And and trust me, we're on it. We we as well do it, you know. I we said no more cyberpunk stuff because it was just tiresome talking bad about that game. Um and we need to give them praise and really celebrate when people do a good job. So that's a good stuff there. All right, let's get to the next thing. CW, sadly, because I was actually looking, really looking forward to this, is going to be passing on Green Arrow and the Canaries. Um, just so you guys are aware, Jonathan doesn't watch anything Arrowverse, right? No, nope, I barely I, watch anything CW, honestly. I'm the only one that keeps up on that on the Arrowverse. Uh, so that's fine. Uh, so anyway, so they had a spinoff coming up from the Arrow. It was going to be called Green Arrow and the Canaries. If you guys aren't familiar, this Green Arrow was going to be uh, Oliver Queen's daughter, and she was going to be the new Green Arrow. Canaries were going to be Siren and uh canary coming back to to join her is going to be this kind of like it's basically birds of prey within the arrowverse unfortunately cw says no we kind of just want to leave arrow behind it's outdated now and they're dropping the entire show uh we still have a lot of new shows coming up uh greg berlanti berlanti who's just like this producer god um he's got a new show called painkiller and it's going to be about the daughter from black lightning black lightning's entering its last season Jonathan, I can't suggest Black Lightning to you enough, man. That's the one I keep yeah. suggesting to you. I think I've seen a few, uh, at least one episode of it. Okay. Like the beginning episode where he like, I think he figured out he has power. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think I've seen one. Yeah, because he, he had powers back in the day, and then he's kind of like, oh, I just want to be a principal now. And so he tries to hide his powers. And then he's like, okay, my city's falling apart. One, one of his students, I think it is, ends up getting to like a drug den or something like that. So he has to use his powers. Yeah. I really like that show because it's about family more than anything else. So that's why I really like that one a lot. But yeah, so we have Painkiller coming from, from Greg. Uh, we also have Superman and Lois looks really good. And that one, too, they're making sure to focus on the family because they're bringing in uh, Jonathan Kent and I think like James or something like that. Um, these two sons, and they're going to be doing like these warring sons thing. And then the new Batwoman. This one's going to be with J- uh, Jaficia Leslie, uh, which so far the stills from this look outstanding. I think this might be a better Batwoman. Check out uh, CW. Uh, they may be passing on this, but they have a lot of new projects coming up that are really cool. Um, we may be doing some reviews for the, the Arrowverse in the future. We're still kind of spitballing that, what that would look like. So uh, it's a really good show. A really good 
Arrowverse. Uh, Jonathan, did you get a chance to try out Minecraft Earth, the app? I didn't. It came out, and then we went into pandemic mode, and I don't know. I mean, I just, I can spend hours and hours in real Minecraft, so going out into the world like it's Pokemon Go and playing on the streets is, especially, yeah, we don't live in a big city, so it's not, uh, I don't know, as appealing, I think. It seems really cool, but uh, yeah, I still haven't done anything with it. It might have that problem, right? I didn't think about that, but you made a really good point where if you're a Minecraft fan, you just play Minecraft, and you ha- it's a fantastic game. Why would you not? And yeah. then... I think you have more fun getting sucked into the digital world than you would going out in the streets into your real world. I think yeah. that's more of like the Wii-friendly, family-friendly version of it so everybody can you know, kind of play together and get outside, though. Yeah, but then... So who's the audience for this? If you, is it uh, non-Minecraft fans? Parents of young children. Oh, it's the parents. Take, take, them, take them on a walk to the park or something like that and then show your kid, like, hey, we can go... You know, get some wood from this tree and get some wood. And then, hey, we can come build a little fort and, you know, you all play together through your devices. But yeah. Outside, so you're getting some fresh air in the process. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I ended up getting it, you know, day one. And I was out there at, at the Ray- Rayleigh's at the grocery store trying to, like, catch blocks and stuff. And um, it just didn't spark the same love I had for Pokemon Go. I remember at Pokemon Go, boy, we went deep into that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was looking to get that again, you know. And then, yeah, pandemic hit, shuts down everything. Uh, unfortunately, this is one of the uh, the unfortunate situations here where th- they had to close it down. So uh, coming June of this year is going to be the end of, of Minecraft Earth. What they're doing uh, in lieu of this is they're making sure to release all future updates. So they had all kinds of cool plans coming up, holiday events. They're going to release them all right now. Uh, actually, on the 5th, they released everything. Uh, they also are reducing the price of of all the stuff that costs rubies, which is like this in-game currency. It's where you can basically get whatever you want. All cash purchases are out of the game now. You can no longer do that. They're just basically trying to make, like, it's their last hurrah. They're trying to make it as fun as possible so people can enjoy it. Um, it's so hard, though, with the pandemic. I mean, what are you going to, you can maybe go to the park. It really limits you quite a bit, you know? Yeah, I think it's still a game that you'd have to play more or less by yourself because, you know, we can't be gathering, but... Um... I think it's a great idea, a great concept, and I hope, you know, for other games, people still try to adapt that, that geo, whatever you call it, mm-hmm. uh, technology, and it's it's cool, but it just didn't, this is a bad timing, it just didn't seem to land, so maybe try something like this again with some new content, new updates or whatever in three or four years and see if it if it lands, but yeah, it's just a bad time to release a game like that. You know what I'm thinking of, Jonathan? I just, this just came to me. Okay, so laser tag, of course, awesome, right? We could all agree laser tag's awesome. How cool would it be to have an Among Us version of laser tag? Where one of you guys knows you're the imposter. And you have to slowly tag somehow everybody else in the arena without being caught. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That's a, by the way, guys, if we say it on the podcast, it's automatically copywritten. I don't know if you guys knew that. That's a law. So no copy in our ideas. <laughs> no, um, and- and you have to just just do it in your phones. Don't have to get a special gun or harness or nothing oh, like that. That's a good idea. Yeah, you use your phone. You look around. Use the what is that called? The overlay, like Pokemon Go. Yeah, uh, the augmented reality. Augmented reality. There you go. Use that to where you can see where your you know electrical station is, and you got to go do your your tasks. And then, uh, if you're the the imposter, imposter, you would see the other players, and you have to go and like find them and like kill them in the game. But then all of a sudden, that person's phone is you know locked they can't message anybody oh, and stuff so cool 
And the it, problem you have is to though, be with, like within five feet to be able to be the imposter of somebody. Like to like kill them, yeah. you have to be like you have to get real close to them. Yeah. So it has to be something you. It probably something you would want to do indoors. Yeah. But I mean, how hard is it for one of the kids to just yell, "Hey, it was Frankie. He's the one. You know, vote him out." Rat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. that's true. I don't know. There's Frankie. something there though. Yeah. <laughs> though another another one I've been saying since Pokemon Go came out with augmented reality, it would be. A little bit tricky with liabilities and whatnot. Uh, you'd have to have all those disclaimers and stuff. Uh, is a very similar to Pokemon Go, but version that is uh, Walking Dead. So you go out with your with your phone, augmented reality, and there's zombies in the street. Okay. They're like, okay, crap! I got you know. You start with a basic gun or whatever. You have to you know kill zombies. You get points and everything. But then now you're out of ammo. Oh, man, where do I go? Well, my local library is a, is a safe zone or whatever. So I go down there and I can get ammo and medical supplies. And so you stock up there. You meet with other people or something like that. You get more points. You kill some more zombies. Then, you know, I need I need food. Okay, well, Rayleigh's. Rayleigh's was barricaded. So let me go down to Rayleigh's. All these other places were ransacked. But I go to Rayleigh's and I get extra points and, you know, check in and, and meet other people, get some more ammo. And then, you know, you need some other resource. Oh, crap, I need to go down to the bus station. And, you know, I'm going to try to... I don't know, pick up somebody that came in from town that needs to stay in our shelter kind of thing. Just it'd be really cool because you walk around, you see everything on your phone, you use the geo tracking and certain places can be just like the Pokestops can be, you know, resources. Uh, but you guess you got to be careful that some kid doesn't walk into the street because he's running from a zombie or somebody doesn't bring out a gun because the neighbor carrying groceries look like a zombie or something like that. <laughs> so there's a lot of liability in that, but it'd be an interesting game. Well, what I like about that too is is it kind of encourages you to go to the place, gather, but then not necessarily stay there. To actually go out and roam, and then like yeah. I kind of like that because it's nice to have something that rewards players that are away from the stop too, and like mm. you're just going to the stop to pick up your supplies and then you head back out. Kind of like the Pokeball thing. Um, yeah, I like that idea. That's cool. You know, one one easy thing you could put in it so people don't stay in those locations. Is when you know, while you're in the streets, there's a few straggling zombies or something like that. But when you get into a building, into a location, all of a sudden they all start to swarm it. So while you're in there, you grab whatever supplies you can, everything you need, and then you have to get out because there's just uh, hordes coming at the building. Ooh, like uh, this. So you have to fight wave after wave until you get out, and then you know, if you, you flee, you go on to your next stop, your next building. Uh, but if you stay there too long, you get overwhelmed and die, lose all your resources. That's a good idea. This that's a good idea. There's something there. Yeah, we got to contact AMC. You won't be rich. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have the Binding of Isaac, uh, Repentance, uh, rep- uh, repen- Repentance. Yeah, it's the new DLC for Binding of Isaac. Now, I've never played this game. Uh, Kevin, who has been on the show, you guys are familiar with him. Kevin Jackson is a stream. Uh, he's a big fan of it. I think it's his favorite game. Uh, he he he's the one that kind of got me interested in it, and I do want to play it, but I'm decided I'm gonna wait when this comes out. I'm going to make this on March 31st. We're going to be streaming the original game and the DLC together. And we're going to make a big stream event out of it. The new trailer, it was released on Steam and um, creator Edmund McMillan's YouTube page. And according to Eurogamer, McMillan explained that the DLC will expand the game greatly, adding tons of new bosses, floors, uh, alternate paths, items, story elements, challenges, and a few amazing characters. So... They're, they're calling this thing, basically, it's a DLC and it's added to the game, but it's basically a sequel side. So it's almost a whole additional game. It's almost like a sequel. Uh, this is a roguelike where the game changes as you're going through it. And I've started to be interested in these roguelikes. World of Warcraft added a roguelike situation in their game. 
Uh, are you familiar with roguelikes, Jalen? I am not. Please explain. <laughs> okay. Basically what it is, when you enter a level, the level is generated randomly. And every oh. time you go into a new level, it's, and, and the idea is that you die and repeat or, you know, you go as far as you can. And it's, it is being generated randomly in front of you. And it's kind of this fun thing where, I, I don't know if all of them do this, but I know that the WoW version, there's borrowed power where you're uh, gaining unique and stronger powers as you go. So you're kind of building your character in a new way as you're going. Uh, Hearthstone does this as well. And so you're building this whole unique build where all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I'm all about throwing stars right now. But next time I play this game with new random levels, I'm really about the sword or this katana or something like that. And it's just a really unique way of, th of doing things. So I'm really excited to try this Binding of Isaac. And we're going to be streaming it that day, stuff like that. I'm really excited for that. Um, Roguelike, Sheldon, what are your thoughts now that I've explained it to you? Yeah, that sounds really cool. It makes me think, like, how you're saying it's uh, uniquely generated and stuff. It's like, to that aspect, it's like Minecraft when you start, you know, we've all done it where you build a house and shelter and you get comfortable and everything. And then you're like, you know what? I just need to explore. So you just start going, you know, east or whatever uh, and finding that the world just keeps generating different biomes and different ways and finding different cool stuff. Uh, learning, you, you know, still need to try to survive along the way. Um, but very different in the fact that, you know, sounds like a, like a fighting type game where you have a mission, you have to go in one direction and, and, you know, level and get weapons and gear or something like that and fight to survive. So uh, a little bit more intense probably, but that sounds pretty cool. I like, like how you're saying you can, you could be a master of the sword in one, you know, attempt or one gameplay. And then next time around, you're like, you know, that was cool, but I want to do, you know, bow and arrow or something like that. And, have a totally different specialty so you have a different game experience every time you play yeah yeah it's it's been pretty fun the the, the wow version of it and so what we'll do for the stream version we're not going to do a charity part of this we're going to we are going to do a charity each year but we're going to save the charity event for later this year uh we might actually make that uh halo infinite we'll make that a charity event and I, this year i think we're going to raise money for uh, make a wish foundation because i really like them um so what we'll do for this one though is on the 30th march 30th we're going to be streaming um, the Binding of Isaac, the original, and we're going to try to do a five-hour stream for that. The next day, we're going to do the DLC. So it'll be my first time playing the day before. The second day, we're going to play the, the DLC, the expansion. So it'll be really fun, and I hope you guys can join that. Again, that's, that's late March, so we'll be piping that up as we go. Uh, that'll be pretty good. We're trying to uh, stream on the stream efforts. Uh, we'll be releasing an article. It should be released by the time this comes out, um, explaining what's going on this year for Geek Freaks. We're adding a lot more content, and, and we're trying to step things up a little bit more just to give you guys more things. We're going to be adding an actual schedule for streams, so I'm not just sitting there like, yeah, all right, I feel like it. <laughs> and then you guys, you see the pop-up on your phone, like, okay, let me watch. We're going to actually set up a schedule so you guys know when to watch. Uh, all right, Jonathan, you've been playing off of Steam a lot, right, with Assassin's Creed? Yeah, yep. How do you like good games. Yeah, have you tried Epic Launcher much, or are you just mostly sticking on Steam right now? Uh, lately, just Steam. I do have a handful of games on the Epic Launcher. And uh, you know, Ubisoft, I got all the different launchers, I think. But yeah, uh, but yeah, Steam is is convenient. Honestly, it's it's like shopping on Amazon. You know, you can go to other websites and download direct or whatever. But it, Steam is just it's packaged to be easy for you to use. So I like it. Yeah, there something about Steam, and it's really affordable too. Um, what's great is Green Man Gaming games. You can buy them on Green Man Gaming, and then they'll work on Steam. Little. A reverse plug um but yeah it's it's just really easy to use well they just broke the 25 million concurrent users at one time record 
Mm-hmm. If you think about that, it's 25 million players at one time using your service. And the games they're playing are old games, which is what's really crazy. That's not, you know, it's not like it was some new game that came out, not like Cyberpunk came out and everybody was playing it. No, this is mm-hmm. just the old back library. It's pretty impressive. And I I like to compare this to Xbox. I should have seen if I could find those numbers. Like to Xbox to PlayStation. I think it's gotta be beating those, you know? Yeah, I would think so. And I think uh part of the like to me, it seems like the key to their success is they didn't just explode overnight. They have a very stable infrastructure. They built and grew slowly mm-hmm. and they're affordable. They have, like you're saying, these older games they can release cheap. They have new games. You can pay full price or you wait for a certain time. They do really good sales, um, but they grew over time. And now, you know, with the pandemic hit and everybody's at home, it just gave them the fuel to, you know, continue to expand. Um, but yeah, I think a, a big part of it is they just have really good prices, really good sales and a really good uh, operating system or however you call it, you know, platform to be able to interact with and uh, make it easy for you to manage your games. Yeah. And, and it's such a good deal. This week is a really good example of what Steam can be. Uh, you know, we have a Discord community. You guys, of course, are welcome to join it. It's in the description. Uh, we're sitting there in Discord, maybe like four or five of us, and we're just like, what game should we play? Like, I- I'm sitting there. We're all kind of content with the games we're currently playing, but we also kind of want to play something new together. And so everybody's in Steam and just kind of shopping around like, well, what about this? Like, ah, I don't- that's too open world. I don't want to work. What about this? Like, oh, I don't want anything of a shooter. There's just so many options, and we're just sitting there shopping them around. It's like, like, well, this one's on sale, and that one's free to play. So those are big drivers, you know? <laughs> um, and it's just kind of funny that we all have access to this big store, this big library. And within a moment, me a little bit slower because my internet's not great, but within a moment, we could all be downloaded and playing. Mm-hmm. It's just really cool that, that Steam's kind of built that, that well-made uh, infrastructure, like you're saying. Yeah, it, and the way you describe it, it kind of does feel like you're walking around an arcade with your friends. Yes. There's so much to choose from and there's the old and the new and so many different categories. And like you're saying, if you have okay internet, then you can play it right now. You just got to, you know, wait five, 10 minutes to download it and you're in the game. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they're not outrageous. You find, you know, the $5 games every once in a while, just because, you know, Hey, I haven't played this before. I'll go ahead and pay five bucks and try something else. And why not? I'll throw a review online kind of thing. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it makes it fun. Just be able to play games. Even if it's a garbage game, it's something different. You haven't played yet. So you could try it out and then, Tell your friends, and you might stumble across that next awesome game. Like, why does never nobody know about this little indie game that ends up becoming the you know next Among Us or something? Yeah, Satisfactory uh, is a great example of that. Like, I never would have really somebody suggested it during our yeah. community nights, and it's like, okay, yeah, that game's outstanding. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. So the twenty-five million uh, user record is is amazing. Uh, they actually got it from three big games: so Counter Strike, Global Offensive, no surprise there, big hit. Dota 2, that thing is, is a monster. And Among Us, those three games really pushed them over the edge. Other games that are helping out this year that they got to pass the record is uh, Cyberpunk 2077, Stardew Valley. Have you played Stardew Valley, by the way? No. That's right up your alley. We might have to, might have to get you set up with that one. Uh, and then Rainbow Six Siege, which has really seen uh, new life after all the updates, as you guys are well aware. Um, and so it's, it's just... I just kind of thought that was interesting that they broke this new record and they ended up breaking it like two days in a row, showing that they're kind of like the standard. As much as I'm a big fan of Epic and every week we make sure to share the Epic free games. Um, And by the way, this week, guys, it is a good one. I forget what it was, though. Oh, it's the Star Wars Battlefront 2, like the brand new one, like the one that came out a couple years ago. That's free this week, as you guys are hearing this. So check that out um, on Thursday. But yeah, it's just it's pretty cool that Steve's doing this. 
They also had their own awards, and we're going to talk about those here in a sec. Um, and everybody's kind of doing this. the Game Awards and stuff like that, uh, which the Game Awards, we kind of go over. The, the titles are, the categories are okay, and they're not that fun. But Steam makes sure to really kind of break it down. And, it's, and of course, it's not based necessarily on a game released to that year. It's more about a game's performance on Steam that year. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and, and go over the, title, the categories and, and just kind of discuss those for a bit. So we have Game of the Year. That's expected. But sit back and relax of the year. Game of the year. That's perfect. That totally explains like, well, yeah, I really liked playing whatever, uh, Shadowrun this year, but I just enjoyed playing Sims when I'm chilling out. You know, it was a really good uh, category. Best soundtrack. So not just the audio design, soundtrack. And sometimes, man, or in the Blind Force is a good one. Or it's just like, man, I just like to listen to this while I'm playing. It's really good. Outstanding visual style. Best game you suck at. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That is, the guy that won it too is actually the best example of it because there's so many games that I love to play and it's just like, it's one of those games where it's like, yeah, I know I'm not good at it. Let me just play it because I have fun at it. It's basically the Call of Duty right. rule. So <laughs> I know it's not on Steam, but that's Overwatch for me. It's fun, but man, I'm terrible at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, outstanding story rich game. Uh, this in particular is, is one that hits close to home to because it's like, okay, yeah, so let's look at like, uh, oh, best open world game versus best shooter, best. But how do I compare Red Dead Redemption versus Ori in the Blind Forest or Will of the Wisps? Um, and, you know, these games that are, yeah, technically in way different categories, but it's like, which one hit me the hardest? And usually it's the one with the best story, you know? And how do you compare those games? You have a story-rich game to, uh, section. I really like that. Most innovative gameplay. That was a good one. Better with friends. So it's kind of a multiplayer one, but it's not, necess not necessarily about the multiplayer part about it. It's more about uh, fun to play with friends game of the year uh, just a really cool category labor of love which is kind of like which one had the most support from the company and then vr game of the year so i just really liked how they did the category we'll go over the winners and see what you think jalen um first of all game of the year do you remember your game of the year for 2020 mm. no i don't remember we made all our picks and i can't remember did, them either <laughs> there's been a lot oh, of editing yeah. lately. We, we talked back and forth about a lot i think i ended up choosing um uh Animal Crossing. That's right. Oh, uh, you did. That was such a yeah. good pick, too, actually. That was a really good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this one's game of the year, because it got released on Steam this year, was Red Dead Redemption 2. And that, of course, is such a phenomenal game. Really great story. We have a level up about it, guys. Make sure you guys check that out. Um, I'm still trying to get everybody in the podcast to play it. But uh, it, uh, it's a time sink. I mean, you think it says Creed is long, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. This is a time sink. Yeah. Sit back and relax game of the year. They got Sims 4. Uh, what did you? What was your sit back and relax game of the year, John? I don't know. I don't think I have one, honestly. Yeah. Like if I get on, I've, uh, yeah, I don't know. It has to be a game that was. So we're not necessarily going for like came out this year. So you got to remember that for the Steam Awards. Um, I would almost say Sea of Thieves, except for the fact that there is this tension the entire time you're playing, of like we're right. gonna get shanked. Um, yeah. What, I mean, maybe satisfactory because that it, it's not very relaxing, but it's mind numbing, and you could just play. Yeah. For hours and you forget you know oh crap i need to eat or go to bed or something like that but it's a very it's it's not competitive or uh stressful in the fact that you're fighting other people yeah. or, or pvp or nothing like that it's just it is a little bit stressful in the fact that like oh crap i need to hurry up and make sure i get these resources so i can finish this next upgrade and, and you know extend this line and stuff so it's busy but it's not uh exhausting or or uh, how do you call it frustrating or anything like that it's it's a somewhat relaxing game 
great game. We got a good podcast on and stuff like that. You're just binging podcasts and playing Satisfactory. I love doing that. Uh, and actually, Sims 4 did beat out Satisfactory, so it was in the category. And I would actually think that that's probably my my uh, sit back and relax game of the year. Uh, sunk some real hours in that with streaming that. And what a good find! That game was such a mm-hmm. solid find this year. That was a good one. And isn't there a new update coming out for it pretty soon? There is. It's going to be one that. Well, actually, it came out. It's the one that like adds more to the the fluids and stuff like that. So you could have like increased uh, pipe capacity and stuff like that for all the fluids and stuff. So it's pretty interesting. I'm gonna try all that out. Best soundtrack. It's hard because what lost on here was Halo Master Chief Collection. And man, when I think of video game music and you think about that guitar riff coming in on like Halo 2. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> Just that hype that builds up instantly, you know? <laughs> yeah, I remember having the Halo soundtrack downloaded back then just because it was such good music. You could just drive to it and stuff. It's cool. Off of LimeWire back in the day? <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> I had to throw that computer in the trash. <laughs> That was basically the idea. You downloaded as much music as you can on LimeWire, and then you got rid of the computer because it was garbage right. after that, or you scrapped on the hard drive. That's what they need to do, start selling burner computers like that burner phones. <laughs> That's so dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, any other soundtracks you can think of that are really good? Because I, I, my, my vote would have to be for the Master Chief Collection. Yeah, I mean, we've talked before about Sea of Thieves, how good the oh, music yeah. in the game was, and it That's really sets the tone and stuff like that, so... That's another good one. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, outstanding visual styles, and I have to agree with this one. It was Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Uh, it's just so beautiful and wonderful. Uh, it beat up Marvel's Avengers, and I did not when I watched when I played Marvel's Avengers. I didn't think like, wow, this is outstanding style. I do think that about Spider-Man Miles Morales, but this is only for Steam games, and that's not on Steam yet. So that's why that one didn't make the list. Um, you're playing Assassin's Creed right now. Do you think that one wins would win out for outstanding visual styles? Uh, I don't think so. It is it is a beautiful, you know, visual uh, game, but I don't think it would beat any other games, you know, particularly. Yeah. I know it's not like the newest version too. And it's the no, uh, it's Valhalla yeah. out now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's very well made and very pretty, and you could you can just uh, climb up to a tower and see the whole lands around you. It's okay. huge, huge map. But I wouldn't say it's going to be winning awards. I got to get back into it because I, I re-downloaded it and got my save back. So I'm going to be getting back into it as well. Um, I love that game. I, I, know, I know we don't want to talk too much about it because that's an entire episode. But man, just like they did such a good job of making it feel like you're leaving a town and entering the desert. And you kind of feel like you're a little bit more on your own. When you're out there hunting, mm-hmm. it's just you and the land. Um, yeah. It's a beautiful game, I think, in my opinion. But yeah, it's, it's hard because it has such good competition this year and stuff. Okay, best game you suck at. I'm going to give it for me. Apex Legends is the one that won it, and props to Apex Legends. That's a good call. I'm going to give it to Among Us, because I don't know what it is. That game is so simple, and I suck so bad at it, and it's not the social dynamic stuff, because I'm pretty, I'm pretty nailing it on that. It's just the basic stuff. I, I don't know what it is, are, but that game is so bad. Are the tasks too hard? Connect the four it's wires? Not the ta- yeah, I just... Because <laughs> it's that in the social game. I, that's it, you right? Gotta mani- you got to be able to manipulate other people. So we'll play it's online. We'll be all in the Discord playing or whatever. And I remember particularly one particular situation where I saw the guy come up out of the vent. And so, no, what happened? No, no, I saw the guy. I came out of the vent. I go to kill him, but he's at the table. And instead of, I clicked it wrong. And instead of killing him, I clicked on the table. So I activated the table. And so he walks away. And I'm like, 
I'm so dead. He's he's going right to go hit the alarm. Like, yeah, uh. you told me about that. And That's funny. So the the meeting starts, and he starts talking like, "Hold on, guys, I'm the fucking imposter. Just vote me out." <laughs> That's no doubt. No, no. I mean, it was just so bad. Yeah. I just make too many mistakes like that. It's so frustrating. It's you know, it makes me not appreciate the game as much as I could be. What about you? Best game you suck at? Like that's too hard for you. Uh, I, I'll I'll say again, it's not on Steam, but Overwatch. I like to play it, but I'm really still not good at it at all. So it's that fine. Is, but I suck. that's a good one for this category, though. Yeah, because mm. that's one of those games where I think I'm good at, and all of a sudden it's like, well, if you look at my record, <laughs> it's right? <not> that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I died a lot. I died a lot more than I killed anybody, but I was jumping around and blowing stuff up the whole time, so that was cool. Yeah. Oh man, Overwatch is good. All right, outstanding story-rich game. Uh, again, this one went to Red Dead Redemption Two, and uh, I can't, I can't agree more. I mean, for the Steam games, I think it had the best story this year. What did you think? I haven't played it yet. Well, what, what is your story-rich game of the list. year? Oh, oh, uh, of the games I've played <laughs> recently, um, I have to go with uh, Assassin's Creed. I mean, yeah. it, it has the depth, the the deepest story of any game I've played recently. Those Assassin's Creed games always have a, a pretty good story. They always kind of get me sunk into them because there's a lot of like political intrigue. You're like, you are the, basically the balance that switches over, you know, uh, who's in power and stuff like that. So they do a really good job with that. And of course, Origins is one of the best ones on that. Um, I'm excited for someday, not necessarily, you don't want to necessarily go from Assassin's Creed to another one because that's a lot, but someday for you to play the Ezio stories. Yeah, yeah I got f- the next four already bought in my library. Oh, did so. you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, because yeah. Assassin's Creed 2 and then the sequels to the 2, which is uh, Revol- uh, Revelations and Brotherhood. Oh, so good. That, that, when they make them, when they try to make the movie again, it has to be about Ezio. So, better. Most innovative gameplay goes to Death Stranding. Uh, it's the delivery simulation game that everybody's really excited for. Even Squeaks is like nuts for this game right now. Um, I personally think it would have been Fall Guys. I really liked the way that it was just like this Go in there, last man standing, but not necessarily killing each other, more, more about having just fun. Um, I thought that was really innovative. It was a way of like competing with each It's kind of brought in the Mario Party aspect of things. It was a lot of a lot of fun. Is there any other innovation, innovative game this year that you could think of? Um, well, like how we've talked about uh, uh, Satisfactory. Oh, Satisfactory. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it's not, I, I know it's been done before, but just the the mechanics in the game are so well made like there's so much you have to learn i mean you're you're building an entire factory so i think that that aspect to it makes it a lot more interesting and you get a lot more uh uh, committed to your game Mm -hmm. uh, because it kind of pulls you in you have to literally learn how to build a factory i mean not literally (laughs) figuratively in a video game but uh so i think that that aspect kind of put it over the top for me when you're playing satisfactory okay so i'm gonna fill this out this happens to be a lot. Okay, so when you're playing Minecraft and you see a building or you see something cool in the real world, you're like, I could build that, right? Do you kind of get that feeling? Oh, yeah, all the time. Does it, did that happen with you in Satisfactory in any way? Uh, yes and no. I, I wouldn't see buildings that I would want to build because Satisfactory is hard to build stuff right, with not just the, the walls and platforms. Yeah. But I work in a factory, so I would yeah. see stuff all the time. I was like, well, I could totally reconfigure my line to match our line because you know, that would make more sense. Or at work, I'm like, well, if only we had those same kind of pumps, then this whole <laughs> machine would run so much faster. <laughs> there been little like, things I would see that I was just like, I don't know, you kind of start to think like satisfactory 
And yeah. so you're kind of like, well, that's not very efficient or <laughs> whatever, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're out in the world, you see a, a, a substation somewhere and you're like, yeah. man, if only I could make my power generating system lay out better just like that, then, you know, it'd be a whole lot more organized. That's the exact thing I was thinking of because they put a new subsystem out here by me mm-hmm. and it was just yeah. like, I don't know, they're just the layout just kind of like, well, you kind of are wasting space over there. You shouldn't waste that kind of space. You know, <laughs> it's just little things like that. It's like, what do I know? Right. I play in a video game and they have degrees in this, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, guys. <laughs> Right. Hate to bring this up, but you know. All right. Uh better with friends. Game that you like enjoy you game that you played with your friends that you enjoyed playing with your friends. You know, that kind of thing. What do you think? It, I'd say this, that one's definitely Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. It's a yeah. Fun game by yourself, but it's a whole lot better when you play it with other people. Yeah, it, it's a different game. I think it's more relaxing when you play by yourself and it's it ramps up when you play with friends. I'd say Sea of Thieves as well was our game of the year for that. Uh Fall Guys is the one that won. But uh yeah, hmm. Labor of Love, so game with the best support. Um, the game that won was uh, Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Fair. I'm going to say it's No Man's Skies because they brought that game from death and the new patch that came out last year was really, really good and kind of showed that the game has some legs on it. Uh, anything you could think of? Any game that has really good um, support from the um, manufacturer? Not that I could think of. Though No Man's Skies, have you played that? I was looking at that considering playing it. Is it worth I, it? I've played a couple hours of it. Um, I'm sure it's worth it. I just didn't want to give the time it deserves yet someday but it's in my library it's real cheap at one point i think it's a game you'd like mm-hmm. i remember you guys talking about a possible uh sea of thieves in space yeah um i had a good name for it too now i forgot already but uh that's what i was hoping when i was uh, learning about that game that it would maybe feel more like that but i don't know yeah what was it? i think we had space of thieves something stupid like that uh uh galaxy bandits there you go galaxy bandits there you go that is, yeah. that is good. Uh, and then best VR game. I don't have a VR system yet. Jala, do you have a VR system at your place? I do not. I think this year one of us has got to get one of those so we can all hang out and play that. I really yeah. want to play Beat Saber. And so that might be might be in the future. I mean, maybe once they get games that are better than Beat Saber, I'll get it. Have you watched people play Beat Saber yet? Yeah, they're just swinging their arms and lightsabering stuff, right? Yeah, but that looks really fun to me. <laughs> I mean, when I... When I can get into a world that's, you know, like Minecraft or something that's very yes. well developed, you can walk around and explore, you straight up ready player one, then yeah, I'm down. But yeah, there are mods and stuff like that to make Minecraft and stuff like that. Uh, VR, if they worked well, I know there's one too that somebody made for World of Warcraft. If they worked well to where you get lost in that world, I am in deep shit. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would they come out here when I'm going to cook a steak in Minecraft? I'll be fine. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to our next thing here. Jonathan, it's up to you, man. Why don't you tell us our January playlist, what to watch in January? Oh, man. We got all kinds of good stuff. I don't know if you guys ever look it up, but there's tons, like, tons of movies that are getting dropped every month, uh, especially on Netflix. But we're just going to go over a handful of them, the ones that interest us. Uh, so January in Netflix, we got Cobra Kai Season 3. Have you seen Cobra Kai, Frank? Not yet. That is my new treadmill watch. So I'll be watching okay. it very slowly. <laughs> I know I know Daniel's watching it. I haven't watched any of it, um, but I know it's really popular right now. Yeah, I will be watching it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nicholas Cage's History of Swear Words. I just watched the trailer for this this morning, actually. That looks hilarious and informative. I actually was saying earlier, it's kind of looks like uh, Drunk History, if you've seen that before. Yeah. It uh, looks fun. Uh, Night Stalker, The Hunt, of, uh, Hunt for a Serial Killer. Uh, Disenchantment Part Three. Yes. Which, yeah, that show's pretty funny. I I, I like this. I didn't realize it. I didn't realize it made the switch to Netflix though. It's been Wasn't on Netflix it on, uh, Oh, was, I thought it was Hulu. 
no, 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 it's been Netflix this whole time, yeah. I like, I like that show a lot too. Yeah, it's probably my most one of my most rewatched shows on Netflix. So I'll just put it on while I'm gonna sleep or something like that. This yeah. is a jam. Uh, so on Hulu we have Fire Force season two. Uh, have you seen that? That that, that one and Baruto. I know Baruto's next on your list. Those are both animes that I'm really and One Punch Man. Uh, okay. Who's really stepping it up in the anime department this season or this year? It sounds like, and they're getting like the name brand animes. When Netflix is all about you know, oh, we're gonna do original animes. Hulu's like, yeah, we'll just get the ones that everybody already likes. So that's kind of right. what they're doing. They're getting the big ones, it sounds like. That's kind of smart. Yeah. Uh, so those and uh, the Hansel and Gretel movie, the new one from 2020. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. It looks a little a little creepy for my taste, but I might have to try it. I don't know <laughs> if you can watch it with your wife. I don't think she's going to be on board with watching that one. Yeah. <laughs> a freaking super scary movie. Yeah. She has, she has nightmares of, like, kids' movies. Mufasa uh, <laughs> died though. No, no. <laughs> those hyenas were so scary though. <laughs> uh, all the Batman films are being brought to HBO Max, which is awesome. Score. Oh, that's a good marathon good right there, actually. That's a good yeah, marathon. Binge once the once the pandemic's under control, have a Batman party, invite everybody over, watch them all. I'm down. What a genius idea! And you dress as Bat Batman and Batman villains. Oh man, mm. be the Joker. Yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, the King of Staten Island and Search Party. Search Party, yeah, that's uh, it. Triggered season four, I believe, and that looks cool. So what it is, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm interested in it. It's got maybe I'm gonna just maybe from Arrested Development, guys. I don't know her real name. I don't think anybody really does. <laughs> it's maybe oh, from it's, Development. Uh, Shark Girl. Right? No, or, no, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. It's Lava Girl, right? Is she Lava Girl? I think so. I'm pretty uh, sure. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I didn't really watch Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Uh, me neither <laughs> i just so, remember from the trailers she's kidnapped and her friends are trying to find her uh it's season four i, I gotta check this thing out i watched the trailer and i'm like why am i not seeing this why am i not watching this it looks really good it's got a lot of the actors because like i don't know if you notice like comedians and actors well i'm sure you do like adam sandler is a really good example of this they kind of stick in clumps like they have their friends and they help their friends out with roles this is a club mm. of really cool people that i think it's the kind of like the broad city group that basically did this one so i'm really excited for that check that out as well yeah, I forgot she's in that too. <laughs> in Broad City. Yeah. Uh, so on Disney Plus, we got a couple of good ones. We got WandaVision um, and Marvel Studios Legends. Yes. Oh, uh, man. I, which, WandaVision, which I'm Disney? so freaking hyped for, man. Yeah. Is, when, is that, when does that actually release, WandaVision? The 14th or 15th. One of those two. Oh, okay. We'll definitely do a review for him, if not more. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> we'll definitely at least okay. do a review for him. Um, I, I'm really. Maybe we'll do like a YouTube thing for it, actually. Maybe we'll launch it there. Um, I'm really excited for WandaVision because I remember at first when it came out, I was like, oh, okay, so it's like some sort of sitcom they're doing. Oh, man. Especially if you watch their trailer, too. It's the best trailer to kind of explain what the feel of that show is going to be. It's, it's so much more. It feels like a Twilight Zone, Black Mirror kind of thing, too. Oh, I'm really hyped for that. Yeah. Uh, um, so that's about it. I know there's a ton more other shows coming out um, and movies and stuff, but... Uh... There's a lot of, that's what we got on a short list. A lot of classic movies that are coming out too. Is there any classic movies that you you think uh, deserve a rewatch that are coming to some streaming services? Um, yeah, I started making a list from Netflix. There's Blue Streak. You remember that one with Martin Lawrence where he lost a gem inside a, a building oh, or police station? Hit it in the police station. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh he has to my pretend god. Pretend to be a uh, He gets uh. out of prison. It's, it's the whole thing. That is uh, on Netflix now. It's from 1999. It seems so long ago. Oh, we are old. We are so old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Catch Me If You Can, one of the best Tom Hanks and Leo DiCaprio movies so on Netflix. Good. Yeah. Um, Super Bad. It's hilarious. Yeah. 
uh, Hook from 1991. That, uh, yeah, why would you? They're making a live action Peter Pan. Why would you? They already did, and it's perfect. Yeah. Hook. Watch Hook. Sorry for all the noises. We got an annoying cat in here all of a sudden. Oh, that's okay. Aang is watching the cat and like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and Goodfellas is one of my saw that I haven't seen before. I know it's, you know, uh, an iconic mob movie yeah. back in the day from, what, 1990. Uh, Robert De Niro, Ray Liotta. I kept saying Liotta. Leota and uh, Joe Pesci, so I want to I want to make sure to watch that one. I watched it too. Let me know when you watch that. I'll watch it too because it's one of those things that's on my list, and it's like, oh, I'll watch this or I'll watch Godfather again, and I'll like, okay, Godfather again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, and it's hard when you when you really want to watch something, you actually have to put it on at a time when you know you're gonna watch it. There's a lot of things that I'll just put on in the background when I'm going to bed, even or if I'm playing a video game and you don't pay attention to. But a movie like that where you're like, oh yeah, I actually want to see that. I want to remember that. Then, like, dang, okay, I need to make dinner and sit down and watch this movie and give it some attention. Yeah. Uh, okay, guys, so uh, I'm going to be moving on to our review for a new app. I want to make sure everybody's checking out and, and downloading if they can. Um, there's a new app coming out called Cephalopod. Uh, really cool name, by the way. I just I think that's a cool name. Uh, this is being developed by our friend uh, Alex from the Ronin Geek Official Podcast. He's been on the podcast before in the past with uh, the rest of the Ronin crew. Um, this is a new podcasting platform, a place where uh, podcasters and their listeners can hang out. Uh, it It's so hard to explain how excited I am for this thing because they, the best way to say it is they gamified podcast listening, which in that case, I would win. Because I just listen to these things all day. Um, the idea is, let me just kind of give you just a real quick brief rundown of what it'd be like. You're listening to a podcast. You earn coins. You spend the coins on exclusives from the podcast or other affiliates. So maybe they're, they, uh, you know, maybe Cephalopod gets a deal with, uh, I don't know, Walmart. We'll say Walmart just for the top something. And then all of a sudden you earn like discounts at Walmart. So that's one thing. I think that's okay. I'm really excited for the idea of this back and forth with the people that you already listen to. So, for example, for us, we're going to be offering all kinds of bonuses through Cephalopod in the future, not anytime soon, but in the future, where like, hey, you get to play, uh, uh, you know, in duos, Fortnite with Squeaks, if you, if you win this much, or hey, you get to um, do a comic book read-along with Frank, or you get to, all kinds of cool stuff we'll be putting together for this thing. We're really excited about Cephalopod, and we're going to make sure that it's a place that you can hang out with us as much as possible, including our Facebook group, by the way, guys, just a quick shout out to that. Y'all that started the Facebook group, check it out, guys. Uh, link in the description. Pretty sure. I'll make sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's that. There's the game of fine thing. Uh, it has uh, the darker screen. Jala, do you like dark mode when you usually watch? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I keep it on. It's, it's convenient. I don't know. I like it better. Easier on the eyes. We're getting to the age now. We have to worry about eye health and shit now. So. <laughs> All right. Um, that's one of the things. It's, it's, that's just a small thing that I really like about it. Um, <clears throat> if you are a podcaster, so let's talk about from the podcaster side. You get in there, you claim it, you claim your podcast is yours, and you create a profile. And that profile goes along with you to where like people could like, oh, I really like, uh, let's say Frank, because of course you guys do. I really like Frank. You go to my profile, then you see like, oh, Frank does Geek Freaks and he does Outlast podcast. But I like Geek Freaks. I'll check out Outlast because I like Frank. That's really cool because a lot of podcasters will sit there and like delve into other podcasts or they'll guest on other podcasts and you can see like 
Frank guest stars on Altered Universe every week. Let me go check out Altered Universe, stuff like that. Um, all kinds of little cool things like that. It creates this tight-knit community, and you guys can work with everybody. You can search, uh, you can create playlists, which are really neat. A lot of the big podcast platforms don't do that for some reason. I'm not sure why Apple, of all companies, hasn't gone on a playlist, you know, kick yet. But creating a playlist is really good. So you can be like, for your week, you're like, all right, let me add the latest Geek Freaks, Book of Lies, um, you know, whatever. You get, get yourself a road and get your grief burrito on, get a nice playlist, and then just start going through it throughout the week. That's how, that that's so useful and it's not done by enough people. Even Spotify, they only do it in mobile form. They don't let you do it in um, in the in the desktop form, which is so irritating because I listen to a lot of podcasts with the desktop. So there's that. You could download episodes off the Wi-Fi, then store them so you don't have to sit there and like, stream it while you're out there saving yourself some data. There's a social media aspect to it because you're able to chat and stuff like that, and then everything ties back to your social media. So you could be like, "Oh, I like, I like uh, um, Joe Rogan's podcast," and on here I could just click on his. Twitter, Instagram, whatever, and then join that too. So many cool things coming to this. So basically, they're taking your podcast, they're making it a new social media platform and a new game platform. We're really big and excited about this because it's our friends that are developing it. So that's why we're making sure we talk about it and and all that kind of cool stuff. What I'm going to do for you guys now, guys, if you go on, first off, I'll make sure to be sent, uh, putting out the link that you guys can get a hold of Alex to join the beta. Right now, this is in beta. So there's bugs, of course, as you guys would expect with beta. If you guys join the beta and you guys subscribe to us on there, just hit the subscribe button. Send me a pic of that and your address. I'm going to send you three of the Geek Freak Shield stickers that we saved just for the old patrons. And so we'll send you guys out the Shield stickers with a thank you card and stuff like that from us. And uh, so you guys can rep Geek Freaks and stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not. It's a little cross promotion. I'm not going to lie. You're going to be walking around those cool Geek Freak stickers that I think look the best. Um, we'll send you guys three for subbing with us. So just hit me up with your address and a pic of, your, of you subscribed or to send that your way. Uh, it's called Cephalopod, and again, the link will be in the description to get a hold of Alex so that you can sign up for the beta. Very early ground, so of course there's some some bugs as to be expected. Write them down, let Alex know, let me know, and I'll let Alex know. This is the wave of the future, guys. I mean, you're collecting these badges, and it's a really cool way of, of kind of... I'm so excited about creating these exclusives, where they're like, mm -hmm. you know, that playing a one-on-one with, with uh, Fortnite with Squeaks, and the pick a comic with, with Frank and stuff like that. That's going to be a lot of fun to do. So, Man. um, we're going to have a blast with this thing. What do you think, John? You got any questions on that? This sounds amazing. I mean, I know we've, we've talked about it a little bit before, but I, you know, didn't know all the details. Um, but it sounds really cool as, you know, a podcaster and a person that listens to podcasts. Cause yeah. I'm thinking like all of my favorite podcast groups, if they choose to join this, they'll have you know, the access to release a ton more content. So if you just want to get to know them without just listening to their podcast, but actually talk to them and message them or, you know share stuff back and forth this will be in like all-inclusive platform to do that kind of stuff yes. and it kind of brings the shops together and stuff too so you don't go to someone's you know separate website to be able to look at their kind of merchandise and stuff you should be able to look at everything you know all in the same place so i think it's pretty awesome and podcasts are, are just growing in popularity they used yeah. to kind of just be a a thing you know somebody has to explain to you what it is when when they're talking about it, but now everybody knows what podcasts are. Most people listen to some form of podcast nowadays. Um, so I think it's about time we get caught up with the times and have a new platform for it. Yeah. And that's one thing that's, it's really cool to kind of have a platform where uh, sh with listeners and, and podcasters themselves have a place to meet. And you're mm -hmm. right. As a person who does both quite a bit, it's really good to have a place where I could, sit. and you can even like set up your schedule to be like, 
hey guys, this is when this is going to, going to release. You can watch us stream it on this time. So you kind of set up a schedule and it's just, it kind of reminds me of Twitch, which Twitch nailed it. I mean, it's doing a really good job where you could sit there and like spend your points on emotes or whatever. It's tapping into that, which is really cool. It's just, I'm really excited for this, obviously. <laughs> I keep hyping it up. I'm just so hyped about it. But um, yeah, I'm hoping people take advantage of the beta and really help find the bugs. It's so, beta access isn't just about like, oh, I got early access to a video game. It's about helping the guys figure, figure out what needs to be fixed, right? It's where you get really hit and get to the wall. This is your chance, guys. You can get in on a brand new podcast app. And, um, and it uses the original, it uses the old RSS feed that's a little bit behind the door stuff. So basically any podcast that uses an RSS feed. So all the non-exclusive ones, like if you're like, oh, Spotify isn't exclusively the home of Joe Rogan. Those ones you won't find. But anything that uses a normal RSS feed, you can listen through the app. So really you can kind of build up your library through the app, follow them. And they'll, you know, it'll be really cool home for everybody. So check it out, guys. Cephalopod. I'll make sure to have all the links in the description. And uh, again, if you subscribe to us, you send us, you know, the pic of it and your address. We'll make sure to hook you up with some cool Geek Freak stickers. and be really cool. And some shout You know, we'll shout you out on Twitter, too. Why not? So that'll be fun. All right. I think that's it for the week, gentlemen. You got anything I else? I think we're good. No, I'm good. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. for joining us on the geek freaks podcast you can find us on twitter at geek freaks pod we're also on facebook instagram you can email us we have our patreon and a store all those links are in the description thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you guys next week